This week's podcast brought to you by Emotional Support Squirrels. This past weekend, I was at an AAU basketball tournament with our oldest daughter, who is now about six feet two. And one of the girls that was there was a teammate of hers that I haven't seen all summer. And and the girl has grown and looked about our daughter's height or maybe even a little bit taller. And I was talking to her parents and her dad said, uh, no, she's only, you know, she's about six one. I said, no, she she's at least six two because she's as tall as our daughter. And his response was, it might just be because she stands with an erect carriage. And I'd never heard that phrase before. So when I was growing up and my mom was telling me, stand up straight, stand up tall, what I'm going to now tell our children is stand with an erect carriage. (laughs) Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, this is the first anniversary show of the Ball and Chain podcast. On the heels of the first anniversary, we've got a first anniversary show. So we've got our D-E-N-Y, Denny with one N. That's me. In basement with this us is, to celebrate. Yeah, I mean, it went by very quickly for us. I'm sure it lasted a century for listeners. But for Denny, this is like 5% of his whole life. <laughs> I'm just glad I was here to celebrate your actual marital anniversary. You know, like you guys touched on. I, little I, callback action. I Good. know that you uh, are. Just the three of us at the Ritz-Carlton in Boston. I knew Denny was young, but when I said to him earlier, how old are you again? And he said 24. I didn't realize, I think, I, for some reason, I, in my brain, maybe you were 26 or 27. Now that there's not much of a difference, but you're like a little puppy, our 24-year-old. Denny there was like a end. great Hamilton quote that I could drop there about like my mind being older, but I totally botched it. So. <laughs> well, what was it? Can you, can you have the recall? He can't remember. His brain no, exactly. Is... It's like because my mind's so old. But anyway, it, it, it's great to be back. Well, Denny is, uh, you think he's older than he is because of the brilliant titles he gives to each episode and I was reviewing these I can't remember half of what these episodes were about but what we were referring to when we were talking about uh, man flutes and baby bjorns and house mullets and dickies and truffles and jill straps it's like it's like I've just woken from a year-long dream and have no memory of what what I've written down on the nightstand tablet know what you should do you should do a um, a ball and chain crossword puzzle and these are all the answers and you have to go back through and uh, figure out what the clues are for our listeners, but just so that somebody could be filling in words like dickies and house mullets and table, man flutes. <laughs> table syrup, dip fridge, fruits by the feet. Fruits by the feet, not to be confused with hand fruits. I mean, Jerky tongs. But what do you think? Like how long? I know it's a certain skill to, to come up with a crossword, but do you think you could do it? I think our listeners would love that. Well, I could, I could compose a crossword, sure. I think you should com- compose a crossword using all of the words, or not all of them, but you uh, just it would be exclusively words that Denny has put in the titles of our podcast. Well, I, I wish I had the time to do that. Would, that would take valuable time away from my playing Keepy Uppy. Oh, what's your record? 57. Denny, uh, you played soccer as a boy, I'm I guessing. I played soccer 
a lot growing up, yeah. So what was your keepy-uppy record? I mean, like, I got to 50, like, once, but I was never very good at it. And what did you call it? Because you were saying earlier... Before it was just we... juggling, like, around the world. But um, then, then he said this off the air in the context of he's getting old. Yeah. Now there are new names for things that uh, he had other names for. He's right. 24. That's right. why you thought he was older, because he was lamenting these kids today with their with their groovy names for far-out things like keepy-uppy. Something about being in basement just brings the uh, the curmudgeon that I'm growing into out of me. So honestly, I'm really excited about this next chapter in my life. Well, if being in basement brings out the curmudgeon in you, are you implying that I'm a curmudgeon or that perhaps Steve is a curmudgeon? Or what, what's the implication there? I really enjoy this job. <laughs> my inference is that Steve is a bit of a curmudgeon. Um, actually, I remember, I don't know exactly when it was. I think it was after we were married. And Steve made sure that I knew the difference between infer and imply. And uh, I think I must have misused it at one point. But how many women are lucky enough to be married to a guy who, um, when you say, you know, I implied this and, and their only response is, you mean you inferred. Are you implying that I'm an idiot, or did I just infer that? <laughs> I'm implying that you're the curmudgeon that Denny was referring I to. I think the reason Denny feels old and curmudgeonly in the, when he's in basement is, if we can paint a picture for the listener, the basement is uh, a couple of arrow beds in their boxes for sleepovers that we've had many of down here, two beat-up couches that have seen much better days from their original days in the 90s, prior to Denny's birth, uh, the Barbie Malibu dream house, the, uh, the cornhole Yukon edition, uh, that's in for the, in for the winter now. And, uh, no one, and children's artwork all over the walls. So if he's feeling middle-aged in basement, I think there's a reason. I mean, I think you're forgetting a very important part of this. The, the, the stacks of tapes of your various late night appearances <laughs> during the nineties. I mean, that, that takes up quite a, quite a portion of this basement. If only we had a, had a VCR to play them on. These are lost to history. We do have VHS tapes of, of when one of us was on a show that our parent, um, one of our parents, I'm assuming, recorded, but we do not own a, a VHS player, if a only, VCR. If so. only we could get them transferred to uh, Betamax or DVD, mm-hmm. we See. would be one Actually, more device closer to the present day. No, most of them are. This is, this is something I did years ago, and I, we had all these VHS tapes, and I had almost all of them transferred over to DVD, but I don't know why we kept the original VHS. Um, just maybe someday our kids will be like, what exactly does this go in? And that'll be... Well, a- my, my dad sold VHS, magnetic tape for 3M, video cassettes, audio cassettes, 8-track tapes before that, so it would be heresy for me to throw away any kind of magnetic tape. Well, Denny, what was your... Did you ever... Were you alive for cassette tapes, like yeah, audio cassette of tapes? Course. So you didn't you your first music wasn't on a DVD uh, on a um, right. CD. Yeah, yeah. I had cassettes. I I would try to fish many uh, cassette tapes out of the uh, Chrysler Plymouth little minivan. Uh, so you know the joys of taking like when when the tape gets pulled yeah, out of it, oh, taking the oh, pencil the and turning it. But like I was, like, I mean, like I was like I was very young. Obviously, I wasn't like putting cassette tapes back together but i destroyed quite a few did you are, are you old enough to have purchased recorded music in a store without downloading it i bet you you guys could not guess in a million years what the first cd i ever bought was so you did buy a cd yeah i w- walked in fye like a normal citizen and laid down money and they passed me over some uh, i'm gonna say color me bad 
Let's see. I'm going to go with some R&B something. No, you're shaking your head. Backstreet. Close. In sync. Close, yes. Which um, album? Though? New Kids. Oh, it was in sync. Yeah, yeah. In sync's celebrity album. That's nothing to be ashamed of. I guess on my third NSYNC. guess. Yeah, we go. Not bad. Very nice. That's pretty good. For me, it was Earth, Wind, and Fire, Best of, Volume Volume One. I think my first album was Asia, and it was the one with the snake on the front cover. But I don't know if I got it from a store. I think I got it as a gift. But I do remember my mom be, being part of the Columbia Records Gift Club. Columbia and, Records and Tapes back in the day. And she would get, you know, you get them every month or something. But I would say 75% of the time the records were warped. And so they'd skip and you'd have to return it and hope that however many weeks later when you got your next record album that it was no longer warped you had to actively ask them to stop sending you music otherwise <laughs> it would come to you it's much like our swag program unless you opt out <laughs> it just automatically right. ships to your house Because you got like what 10 albums for 99 cents and, and then they would send them to you unless you told them you didn't want and them. a great supplement came in the sunday newspaper with with all of those ads for the records and tapes that you could choose from and so we spent a lot of time circling and and fantasizing over which albums we would get would it be the rita coolidge or would it be the the Bob Seeger, and yet then we we couldn't believe when our parents said no, we can't we can't. But but it's ten records or tapes for ninety nine cents. Yeah, but then they explained the uh, the uh, draconian rules behind it, and and that was one of the first times that the scales fell from my eyes, and I realized that everything was not as it seems to be. Denny, what's your music source like? Are you Spotify? Where do you? Wh- I do a lot of Spotify, SoundCloud actually, because a lot of the bands that I listen to these days are not like. They're not like a, a like major label or something like that. So like a, like Spotify has kind of become this great American bandstand outlet online when people post it. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you know what SoundCloud is. You don't need me to explain it. But there's a lot of great music on SoundCloud that a lot of people don't hear. Well, so how much do you pay? Do you have to pay to listen to music on SoundCloud? No, but uh, I mean, obviously to like post stuff you do but okay so how much would you say you pay per month to listen to music well it's funny you bring this up because as as you guys know this is either my side hustle or my main job it depends on the week but my other job is at Sirius and Sirius next year will finish their purchase of Pandora so I probably started on Pandora in like high school and I was like man I'm never paying to like have no commercials from my music. I'm going to wait. Somehow, I'm going to have streaming music and not paying. And when this happens, SiriusXM employees, just like we get our current product for free, get premium for free. So if there's anyone out there that doesn't want to pay for music, just wait long enough, get lucky, and you won't have to pay for music. I, I don't want to incriminate Denny in this if Pandora is going to be signing his We checks. can take this out. No, you won't be taking this out because <laughs> from my perspective, and we listen to Pandora every night. We send yeah. the kids to sleep. My son falls asleep to the jazz station on Pandora. I love the Miles night. Davis jazz. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, the problem is three songs into some mellow jazz vibe when he's falling asleep, a commercial will come on at twice that volume <laughs> saying, you have life insurance? What would happen if something terrible befell your family? And then he sits up and right in bed freaked out. So, And I know that's done for a reason. Obviously, you want to pay, have them pay for you to opt out of the ads. But uh, I, I do think the ads, when you're playing lullabies for the kids, strategically designed to well, scare the pants off of you, 
uh, are but, particularly diabolical. But my point is we're talking about when we would purchase records or when we would go into the record store and put money down because you really wanted this CD and how now the expectation sort of is for all music to be free because you have these music right. channels like Pandora where you can um, get for, you can get it for free as long as you uh, you know listen to the ad or we have a music service that I think we pay ten dollars a month for where you don't have ads and you can pretty much listen to anything you want you can listen to anything you want for ten dollars a month where it used to be you bought one album for ten dollars so it's I can't just be the, I'm gonna be the one to say this but wouldn't you rather have the physical copy I still would I still do have a lot of physical but that's why I've been buying vinyl albums uh, by the way the first time we met, uh, you just come from, I think it was an, an American apparel, and you picked up a uh, Saturday Night Fever. It was Urban Outfitters in yeah. New York on the Upper West Side, and I had bought a pristine new copy of Saturday Night Fever that was exactly as you would have bought it in 1977. Right. And that went great with the side of guac that we had. It did. And, and you know, uh, I just have to warn you, though, if you're anything like like I am— you have two more years of, of buying music or of, of listening to new music. You talked about the bands you listen to these days. Yeah. When I was 26, I'd say, turned 26 in 1992, that's when I stopped listening. You know, that was like U2 Zuropa or something era. And, and then if you look at my the collection of music that I've purchased, it ends right there, 1992. And there are exceptions. Lately, when I've been driving, I will turn it to any station other than the nine that I've listened to <laughs> into, you know, into a stupor just to hear what the kids are listening to on, on XMU or something. Well, what's interesting is, Denny, you bring up the bands on SoundCloud is, is now eavesdropping when, uh, when our freshman, our daughter's a freshman in high school, she's talking to her friend in the back of the car on the way to school, and she'll say, talk about all these kids at school, you know, oh, he's a SoundCloud rapper. He's a SoundCloud <laughs> rapper. And even um, one of our nephews uh, at, I think it was Christmas last year, Thanksgiving, was playing me his SoundCloud rap and like how that's a whole thing that our generation or whatever doesn't, you know, for the most part, isn't even aware of. All these kids have their own channels and are putting their own music out there for their friends to listen to. We're SoundCloud rapping right now, aren't we? I guess, yes, (laughs) we we are. are. We're talking on SoundCloud. Well, now that we've cleared our throats, I think it's time for, do we usually do a news segment or have we never actually done that before? I don't think, uh, Denny, have we ever done a news thing? I'm thinking no, of we other podcasts. But I'm very excited about trying to put together this intro. Good evening. I'm God. And here's the news. Just two items from the news caught my eye this week, in addition to, you know, the news that everybody follows. This is stuff that may have escaped your notice. A man refused to leave the hurricane in the Florida panhandle. Uh, according to his wife, he stayed, quote, to protect our stuff. Um, despite his wife telling him, we can get more stuff. So this is a guy we talked about stuff on the previous podcast. What was he thinking he was protecting it from? Was he protecting it from the wind and the rain or the inevitable looters or the alligators? Like, what was he protecting I don't know. I don't know the stuff from? Your, I don't know how you would protect your stuff from, from a, a weather catastrophe, but just the instinct of wanting to protect your stuff. And, and the wife very wisely saying, we can get more stuff. Uh, on the contrary, I, I would be happy to have my non-family uh, stuff 
removed for me, not by natural disaster, but if somebody could come and take away my stuff. No, we're not. We're not inviting anyone into our home to um, to take the stuff away. Just to, to make that, well, I, I don't mean. Just I don't to make mean, that clear. I don't mean burglarizing. <laughs> but uh, well, that brings us full circle because I remember on one of the earlier podcasts uh, where we were talking about what we would take in our go bag if we had to. Uh, we had to go and. I remember yours was absurd. I don't remember the exact contents, but um... I, I want to pack a leave bag that somebody could take from us—a take bag. <laughs> uh, the problem with that is, if we did have Denny said ball and chain garage sale, if we did have a garage sale, tag sale as they call them around here, inevitably after five or ten years, people would send the stuff back to us. That's true. That's true. We can't permanently get rid of anything. And the other news story that I saw that may have escaped your attention was a woman was kicked off a flight in Orlando because she. Um, refused to leave with her emotional support squirrel. And this this kind of tied into a few other subjects we've talked about. We've talked about boarding and pre-boarding airplanes. We talked last week a lot about squirrels and, of course, uh, airports and the whole absurd process of uh, the whole subculture on airplanes is, is a frequent subject in the last year on this podcast. The emotional support squirrel. What did she have that in? Like one of the little carry bags that you put tiny, tiny dogs in? Just have it on a little leash? She may have. She may have had a, a leashed squirrel. And if Denny's some... paying attention, leashed squirrel will make uh, will make one of the titles <laughs> one of these does days. Does she have any acorns in her pockets? Like, what's wrong with people? Where was she going? I'm fascinated. I want to know more about this woman. <laughs> well, you know, early on in our courtship, my uh, my term of endearment for you was emotional support squirrel. <laughs> I like that. That'd be E S S. My that was your S. Well, you talk about flights. Last week I flew to San Francisco for Pac-12 Media Day, early morning flight out of Hartford through Chicago, and when I got on the plane in Chicago. And I think it's about a four-hour flight from Chicago to San Francisco. Almost immediately, the guy in the aisle seat fell asleep. And I was fine for the first 45 minutes. But then I really had to use the bathroom. And I didn't want to climb over him. We've talked about that on the podcast. The woman who was climbing over me, it was horrible. But I also didn't want to wake him up because... I've been that person. You fall asleep. You want to be asleep for the rest of the flight. He is the airplane equivalent of the aisle sealer at, at mass. But absolutely. the aisle sealers at church don't let you in. This guy, the aisle sealers on the plane don't let, <laughs> don't you, let you out. So, you know, 45 minutes in and then we're an hour in and I really, really have to use the bathroom. But again, I'm not willing to. I don't want to wake him up. And then I also have the sensation of I'm also thirsty. So the flight attendant comes by. Would you like something to drink? Well, of course I wanted something to drink, but I had to say no because that would have just made my other problem worse. And then I find myself getting angry at this poor man who's doing nothing but sleeping. He's doing nothing, no fault of his own. And I've got these like angry feelings towards this guy. So finally, I, I let him sleep. Finally, we land. I desperately still have to use the bathroom. And we land a little early. And so now the problem is we can't get to our gate. So we're on an active runway. So even though this guy's awake, you're not allowed to stand up and use the bathroom anyway. So I was having this conversation with one of my coworkers who had a similar issue happen on her flight out. She was on a direct flight from Boston to San Francisco. And she was saying how you irrationally get angry with the person, even though they have nothing to do with anything. And of course, you should just wake them up no, no, that, and, and you, go to the bathroom. You and that coworker are both wrong. He did do something wrong. And it, it's happened to me before where the person has said, if I fall asleep, 
feel free to wake me if you have to get up and go to the bathroom. If I were on the aisle and thought I was in danger of falling asleep, I would say the same thing to the person. When you fall asleep without saying that to the person, then you're put in the position of being rude to wake them up. And in fact, they're being rude by not preempting it. So you're saying it was his fault for not saying to me, well... Absolutely, because he put you in the position it, that you were in. Okay, but I was I had my earbuds in, so would he, that would make it doubly rude. He'd have to like nudge me so I would look at him and take an earbud out so that he could tell me that it would be okay to wake him up. When Let me ask you this. When you had to go to the bathroom badly, did the phrase active runway make it worse? <laughs> yes, everything made it worse. And we had mentioned pre-boarding. I don't know if you pre-board, if you were eligible for pre-boarding that day, but um, this is not a, meant as a blatant plug, but I have a book coming out next May that is now available for pre-order on Amazon. It's called Knights in White Castle. But that made me think when that link went up this week that just as you, as you famously cannot pre-board an airplane, you can't board the plane before you've boarded the plane, in the words of George Carlin, how can you pre-order anything? off of Amazon. Are you ordering it before you've ordered it? So did you say something to your editor or the publisher? Did you say, no, no, I'm not (laughs) pre-order. It can only be ordered. I'm encouraging people to pre-order or order or post-order. They can order after they've ordered to preheat their (laughs) ovens. I'm just saying it's odd. I'm not going to change the system at this point, but But you you really are just ordering it. It's October and and you can pre-order your book that will then be out on May 30th. Right. And it's like when a concert goes, the tickets are available for pre-sale. Does that mean I'm not buying them? I don't have to pay for them? What are you talking about? The tickets are available for sale. It's really, they just don't want the people, the, the schnooks who are buying them after all the good seats have been taken to think they're doing some kind of post-sale. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. Do you know what I'm saying, B? Yes. You know why? Why? Because you just said it and I'm not an idiot. Ah, that's why you're my we, emotional support squirrel. We, we talked about that in a previous podcast, We did. Too. That's why I bring it up. I'm Thank you. doing these callbacks from, from year one of the Ball and Chain podcast. In the unlikely event that we reach year two, we can discuss all of the things we talked about in the next 12 months. So this kind of feels like one of those uh, episodes of Seinfeld that, that you skip whenever it comes on to when they like revisit all of the old moments they called them clip shows right and you know the simpsons would do that and and it's like they got to take the week off yeah Wait, did, not, did, not did the Denny, editor did Denny just say this particular podcast and the conversation that we're having reminds him of one of those seinfeld episodes that you always used to skip well because <laughs> I, I was i was just i was just going to say that um that doing a great sell the, job <laughs> the, the cast got the week off but but somebody had to put together all of the all of those clips in a, in a coherent way so if denny had just done that from the first year's worth of this podcast. is really just outtakes you're not really listening we, to this but if we, Denny, we if, could have had the week we off. would have had the week off if, <laughs> if denny had strung together the best of he's just I mean, taken some initiative and done a best of podcast I, had he done that the podcast would have been about seven minutes long had he taken the best snippets from <laughs> I don't know, the, we've got some great outtakes from the first 49 hours well i hope denny that that you have outtakes of something that have has driven rebecca somewhat crazy uh for the first year of podcast before we start recording, this will be a little, we'll peel back the curtain of the basement for a moment. And uh, before we start the podcast, we have to test the microphones and see if we're actually recording. And Rebecca will say something in the microphones today. Denny said something in the microphones. And I almost always say the same thing, which is, Breaker 1-9, is there anybody there? Come on back and talk to Teddy Bear. 
song Teddy Bear by Red Sovine, which three people might remember. Denny actually remembered it somehow, even though it came out like in 1957. And uh, you don't care for that, do you, Rebecca? I don't. I, I, my test every week is test one, two, three, four, test one, two, three, four. And the first time you did Breaker One Nine, I thought it was funny. <laughs> but every subsequent time, it's done nothing but get on my nerves. Um, because not only do I have to listen to you say it, but then when we listen to that test and I hear it coming back through the speakers, I have to hear it again. And if for some reason something's wrong with the first test and we do a second test, then you do it again. <laughs> And you wanted to be my emotional support squirrel. <laughs> this is, but this is the essence of marriage. Um, well, okay, something happened last week, and I wanted to get your guys' take on it. So our daughter, our oldest daughter, didn't have school on Friday. It's one of those things where, you know, the teachers have their in-service or whatever. Sorry, three younger kids were, were at school. Our oldest daughter was not. So she wanted to go and uh, meet up with some of her high school friends for lunch. So I drove her there. And um, she was going to be there a couple of hours, but it was it was not long enough for me to go back home. And, it, you know, so I just stayed out that way and I found myself in a remote part of the parking lot. It's Friday morning at 1130 in the morning. And I'm sitting in the parking lot. The sun is coming through the window and I just got really, really tired and um, was thinking I could take a very comfortable nap right now. But... I did not want to be the person who at 11.30 on a weekday morning was taking a nap in a remote part of a parking lot. Like I decided that's where I was going to draw the line. I was going to draw the line at falling asleep in a parking lot at 11.30 on a weekday. And it just made me wonder, like, where do you, where do you draw the line? Well, there's, first of all, there's a great song by Cracker from the 90s. The last time I was buying new music in the early 90s, I was, that begins, I was having a good sleep in my car in the parking lot of the showboat casino hotel. And who hasn't been there? And then secondly, I didn't know you were going to bring this up. I saw it, I read today, it, there was a survey. And this was, this was presented as uh, the sort of emotional ennui that, that we're all suffering in the, in the digital age, that 45% of people in the U.S., the world, I don't know what exactly the designation was. 45% of people have left their house and gotten into their car, parked in their garage or in their driveway or on the sidewalk just for some solitude. I don't know if they slept, but and Denny's raising his hand. You've done this, Denny? So, Denny's gotten to somebody else's car to do that and was arrested. <laughs> so the last time I came up here, right? So not, not many parts of New Jersey have a friendlies anymore. I'm just going to preface it with this. So Put it into Google Maps. I head over to the friends. I'm not sure where it's by. Not like the airport over there. Some smaller airport. God knows where. They're all around here. Right. And you were craving a fribble. I, I went for the whole thing. I started off with the clam chowder. Did the melt. Did the fribble. So then I'm driving down the road going back. I pull in to a Lowe's parking lot and I sleep for an hour. <laughs> so if that podcast was late, I apologize. Friendly's got the better of me. How, how did you not tell us this earlier? This should have been a, a very special episode of Ball and Chain where we just talk about this trip. How did you make it an hour to Lowe's? If I had just gone to Friendly's, had the clam chowder, the whole nine yards, and, and capped it off with the fribble or whatever it was you capped it off with, I wouldn't have made it out, out of the Friendly's parking lot. See, this is this is the difference. As I and, said, and it wouldn't have been because of sleep. <laughs> I asked you guys where you draw the line. And to me, but based on your answers, you don't have a line. You don't draw a line. I refuse to let myself fall asleep in the parking lot at 1130 on a Friday. You, you don't even think the, um, you don't even think there's anything wrong with, with 
with that. Longtime listeners of the Ball and Chain podcast, and I consider myself one because at least half the time I am listening, <laughs> will know that Denny fell asleep in a in a hotel lobby floor or chair. But that's listen. different. That he he didn't fall asleep. He sort of passed out. Slash I think fell I passed asleep. out in the Lowe's parking lot. Exactly. Well, <laughs> slightly, a little bit different. When you say you, you listen 50% of the time, that's the 50% of the time where you're talking. Well, that's, that's of the, course. That's of when course. you're listening. Because even something like today, we're sitting next to each other because Denny's here. Normally, we're across from each other. And even a little bit ago when I was talking, I looked over at you. I could tell you're, you were completely glazed over. If I had said to you right at that moment, what did I just say? You would have had no idea. I, I was thinking of my next sonic bit of gold. <laughs> <laughs> Breaker 1-9. By the way, the uh, uh, one-year anniversary, and maybe I was looking this up on my phone when, when you thought I wasn't listening. The one-year anniversary is the paper anniversary. So I think I'm going to get you copies of all of my books signed and a subscription to Sports Illustrated. See, this is where if you are a thoughtful gift giver, and this was episode one, how you're, Hypothetically. A, ter- you're a terrible gift giver, you would know the perfect gift for me for this podcast on our one-year paper anniversary. Oh. De- no, no, Denny, what would it be? Have you been paying enough attention that you would know? My eyesight is terrible. You try I'm, to trying to give, I'm trying to coach him. I know the answer. Can I say the answer? Yeah. Oh, truffles. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be truffles. Oh, I thought that's what you were talking the, about. The perfect gift, if you were a thoughtful gift giver on our one-year anniversary. Oh, it would be a... The book. Oh, the no, the triple margarita maker. No. Yes. Oh. And if you had just been listening to the previous 20 this, minutes this, of this, this podcast. This is our first radio contest that we're having. <laughs> if, if you had been listening to the previous 20 minutes of the podcast, the paper anniversary, what would it be? Paper wraps rock, paper, rock, paper, scissors related? This is, do you want me to tell you what it would be? Because most of the women uh, the, listening the, the, are, are, have, have shouted this out. They know the answer the, the prob- and none of the men do. The problem here is I'm both a bad gift giver and a bad listener. Right. So that's so the women already know what I'm going to say. The perfect gift would and be And some men, let's let's be inclusive here. If I'm gonna say based on my experience in marriage and, and life that none of the men, um, but all of the women will know that the perfect gift would be for you to come up with a crossword. Oh hence of the paper anniversary using only the titles of the show. Do people do that in marriage? Hmm? I got a lot to learn. No, you mean listen and, uh, no, 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 and pick no. up small well, cues I'm... like this about what? Do you mean, do you mean I've what, already said that that their, would be a great what their wife tells them to do. Idea. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to spoiler alert, Denny. Yes, right. people do do what their wife tells if, them. To if do. you're listening, send me a response on Twitter at Ball and Chain Pod and let me know if you did know what I was talking about in terms of the perfect gift. Then you're on hashtag Team Rebecca. And if you did not, let me know that too. And then hashtag it with hashtag Team Steve. I, I, you know, I, this divisive hashtag Rebecca Steve, somebody did send us the viewer mail. I'm sure we'll get to later. That was hashtag Restivo, which I think is the kind of unity that we're... we're we haven't had for. any hashtag Team Denny's yet. We need to get a hashtag Team Denny and figure out what that exactly would mean, Denny. I feel like people... There, there's a ton of hashtag teams D-E-N-Y on Twitter it's just people are like opposed to something oh so sure that's probably already been taken but um, just to add I feel like this podcast it's fun to edit every week but in many ways like the context of it have seeped into my daily life so I was recently on a date and I asked somebody if they're a good gift giver I thought I've run out of stuff to talk about let's hit the recycle button so for those of you else out there that are struggling being single not a bad question. And this was speed dating. Yeah. Less than a minute well, in, Denny had run out of stuff to talk well, about. Well, I mean, he drops this bomb in the middle of the podcast. 
Tell me more about the... Bring us old people <laughs> a dispatch from the front lines of, of modern dating. But first I want to know... The year was 19. <laughs> did you meet her through a friend in person or was this a dating this app? This was a dating app. Okay. And how many dates have you had? Through the app or with this person? With this particular I'm, I'm person. I'm about to tell him myself. No, just one. And will there be more, do you think? Like, who did, knows? Did who you guys knows? hit it off? Would you want to go on another... I mean, she doesn't know who... Who she? Nobody knows who she is. So would she? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. You would. Yeah, aim, why not? Ask her out again. Yeah. Okay. How about this? All right. This is all coming out. All right. He, well, here, here's a question for you <laughs> because a, a a friend of mine, a young man, is single, not married, but he's no longer single. Single. He said on his phone, in his app, in his notes folder, he would have different different topics of conversation. Like if he was out on a date with someone, and and things were, and this is somebody who has an easy time talking. If things weren't going great, he might, you know, go to the restroom or whatever and just look at his little his list no, of topics of no. conversation. Is that something that but, you've ever done? Or no, you would this, feel the need to this do? is exactly how we do this podcast. I have little notes on my phone of things to talk about. Otherwise, I would have nothing to say in the podcast. And I do the same thing in life. Otherwise, I have no, would not have nothing to discuss at the dinner yeah, table. Well, yeah, when, you, when you're at the soccer game talking to the other dads, well, when you're not playing keepy-uppy, you pull out your phone and look at the notes and I, I pull out my say, phone, look at the notes folder and say, how about this weather we're having? <laughs> <laughs> but Denny, go ahead. No, the two things that I really plan for in life, like talking to people, that's the easy part. I plan for my contribute, uh, my contributions to this podcast and our weekend update segment on NBA Insiders on my show on Sundays. That's that's really what I'd say about 50% of my notes go toward. And, and when you're on a date and you've run out of things to say after 45 seconds, do you ask uh, the young lady what she thinks the prospects for the Brooklyn Nets are this year or will the Sacramento Kings ever uh, finish their <laughs> rebuild? And, and how does that go? Uh, I don't even have anything good for that. No, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I'm like, do you know who, who Rebecca Lobo is? And when they're like, no, I'm like, see you later. Well, well that's the only criteria. We're, we're, well, hold we're, on, we're, we're watching Denny run out of things to say so, in real time on did, this podcast now. It's, it's, I feel like I feel like we're on a speed date. What did she say when you asked if she was a good gift giver? Did she say she was or was not? And She like pivoted, which is which is a genius thing to do. If, if, if you ask me any question, I'm going to pivot. But she pivot by part. saying, "Well, are you?" No, no, no. Or? Like, like putting it on like the family. So you know how last time I was here, you asked me about my gift giving abilities, and and I pivoted to what my mom, what my brother, got me for Christmas, and then I eventually got to the answer once I thought of stuff. So okay. then he said, followed up with the fact that he is a good gift giver. And uh, after the appetizers I, arrived, I did bring up the triple barrel margarita maker. Did she think that was a good gift? Oh yeah, who? Who, who you in your age 20s. wouldn't? Yeah, right. right, of course. And, and after the appetizers arrived, he he and he had boasted of his good gift giving. He asked her what ring size she wore, and when he went to the bathroom, she was gone. Right, she was no longer there <laughs> because he wanted to purchase her a replica <laughs> yes, of the yes, NBA right. championship <laughs> ring from uh, 1999. Then he looked horrified. <laughs> He's breaking the sweat right now, just hearing the word ring. The this is like a, honestly, like I didn't know that this was going to be like a family dinner. This feels like this a family is, dinner right this now. Is, uh, our family or your family? <laughs> will you have a, a large gathering at Thanksgiving? Or will you just uh, celebrate a nice with a intimate, uh, turkey sandwich? Evening, and, yeah. A nice, That's intimate evening, a nice intimate evening with your family? <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing. I have to laugh out loud because one of our friends commented. She, that, po- uh, she posted on Facebook that she enjoys listening to the podcast. And that she's never heard me laugh. She's never heard you laugh. Mostly I'm laughing on the inside. But that's, and uh, mostly I'm crying on the inside. That's more of an indictment on me 
because if you and I are the only ones on the podcast, that means I'm never making no, you no, laugh. No, as, as a 52-year-old man, I'm no longer capable of laughing or crying. I, I feel those emotions that usually uh, produce tears and or laughter. I just, I'm just incapable of making those things come out of my head. Oh, really? <laughs> this morning, our daughter informed us as she does... She usually tells us the last second that she needs something that day as we're leaving for school. And this morning she told you she needed a padlock for her locker. Otherwise, there was some dire consequence. Yeah, well, the email came out yesterday from the school. You have to lock up your belongings um, after school in the locker room if you play sports. And if you didn't have a padlock on it today, they were going to clean out all the lockers that didn't have locks on them. And you had to go to the AD's office and get them, you got you got one pass, and then after that, you would have detention. So she was completely freaked out. So this was a, a total Hail Mary. We can't stop at 7 a.m. and get a lock on the way to school, but uh, we found an old padlock somewhere, and of course, nobody's going to know the combination to this thing, right? Am I right? Go go ahead. Except, am I, am I right? except for somebody who's going to save the day. That's the person who's so going to know the combination. So you held up this padlock in the kitchen. Let's to give people a, a good visual. I held up the purple padlock. Purple padlock. I remember buying that purple padlock and asked, would you by any chance know the combination? Knowing that I couldn't possibly. I can't remember my own passwords. I can't remember my birthday. I certainly can't remember your birthday. But is there any chance that I would remember the combination of this padlock? I asked you that, yes. And I said, why, yes, I do know the combination of that padlock. Who's the man? You said, who's the man, as you were holding up a purple padlock. <laughs> it was just so perfect. And, and I knew there would have been a padlock laying around. I said, well, you know, where is that thing? And our, our eight-year-old, she's eight today. Happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Um, she said, I know where it is. And she ran off and came back with it. But, yes, you, you hold, held up a purple padlock. And said, "Who's the man?" Now, now, no. Can I just say every it? once in a while, I feel like, like uh, you know, I'm I'm out foraging for nuts and berries in the forest, and I've I've really done something. And that was one of those times when I knew the combination to this seven-year-old padlock, not off the top of my head, but I found it. Was the combination zero 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 zero? It wasn't. It wasn't Kanye's passcode. No, um, you would have expected it to be, but this came preloaded with the padlock, so it was something. That I had to memorize, and it, it, it had to do with the birthday of one of my siblings, so I was but that he, helped. He sometimes sounds like Kanye speaking gibberish when I ask him, you know, what did I just say, or what's the plan for today? But l- let me just bring up you, you were the man this morning when we needed the padlock combination. Last week, when I read my five free New York Times stories of, oh, the, of the month, I don't think we need to get into this, I think we do, and we have a subscription to the New York Times, a digital subscription. And I said to you, I want to, I want to read a few more stories. What is your, what's the password? And Denny, he gave me all fifteen options that he's ever used in life for the password, and none of them. Worked. I have, I have a, a, a five-page, single-space list of all of my passwords for all of my various things, and that was convenient until I lost that list. Now they're all in one central location that I can't find, so I don't know any of my passwords. And so I want to read stuff on the New York Times on, on the app, but I can't. He can because it's you know it's already in his it's already in there, so you have access. And I just I think I was texting you, and at some point I just said I don't know how you live like this. And now I'm forced into this world, but I'm I refuse to just get another a second subscription just because you can't remember your passcode. 
it's a it's a frustrating world that that you live in that's swirling I, I around a, in your brain. I need a technical support squirrel in addition to the emotional can, support. Can I offer a uh, solution? Yeah. I, I I don't know if you knew this or not. I'm not sure if I'm breaking news here, but there is a button below the sign-in one that says "Forgot your password." I know this is a recent revelation. This is why we need 24-year-olds but, but on he, call. But this is his thing. He hasn't forgotten. His, I mean, he, he doesn't need it for his stuff. I'm permanently so it logged matter. in. He's permanently logged in. But yeah, we could probably reset the password so that we could both have access. Do people still say logged in or is it signed in? What, what's, what are we saying? Because Rebecca's dad will, will, will always say use the phrase booted up. We'll say, I need to find, I need to, you know. That's I, a great song right now. Is it? I'm not joking. There's a song out right now called Boot Up. Who's the artist? Okay, so Rebecca's dad will say, will say, um, you know, oh, thanks for coming to the volleyball game. But yeah, I just booted up the schedule uh, on online, and and there are things still being booted up. Apparently, they are. When I was in college, that was a euphemism uh, for vomiting. There were there were about I mean, ninety it, different phrases for it's that. It's more about conscious coupling. Not to not to do another callback on this callback episode, but uh, it's more about. Like boot up rather than b o o t e d. Oh, I see. Okay, I understand what he's saying. Yes, maybe that's what her dad was talking about. Who knows? It, it was not. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> it better not have been. Before we get to viewer mail, we should thank the viewers, the loyal viewers who are actually listeners. But if they're longtime listeners, they will understand why we call them viewers uh, for their their listening and their mailing and their. No, we appreciate it. I tweeting. especially appreciate the random people. I was telling Steve Denny this yesterday when I was at the ACC Media Day a couple of weeks ago. And this young guy, uh, you know, late 20s, said, I listen to the podcast. And then I was up at UConn doing another shoot. And um, one of the girls who works in the office there, who's also in her 20s, told me she listened to the podcast. And so appreciate not only people who listen, but these young guys who I think, you know, that's not how I, how I see the demographic of our audience, but I truly appreciate that they're listening. So since I've learned today that, like, relationships and marriage are all about dropping hands, is this, like, you trying to tell me that we need to set up a college tour? Is this what you're trying to, like, hint at? <laughs> no. Like, okay, because that's a lot of work. The one thing I know I don't want to do is a college tour. I think I think we could do like the middle aged home well, I, if such a thing existed, I was or just, the senior center. I was just going to say instead of instead of having young listeners making us younger, we're making our young listeners feel older, which exactly. is why Denny feels like a twenty four year old curmudgeon yeah. in basement, and I think that's a good thing. And now it's time for what, Dave? Kids, it's time to answer our voluminous viewer mail, which has uh, been piling up over the last five or six days. I have to tell you the beauty of combing through the viewer mail each week, and that that address, as always, is ballandchainpod at gmail.com, is if this were taken out of context. I know once a week when I go into this that it's referring to something on the podcast, but when I come to it after some time away, for instance, Anne sends an email that says, all it says is, Rafiki is a baboon. Okay? <laughs> now, is that World War II uh, a passcode for like the D-Day invasion or something? Rafiki is a baboon. The next email in this queue, sent moments later, is also from Anne. Rafiki is a mandrill. My bad. <laughs> I'm not even sure you know what she's talking about, do you? I do, because I said, I don't know if Rafiki is a monkey or what he is in terms of the lion kinging of uh, of different things. Coming to ballandchain.com soon. Yeah, he, uh, he held up Simba. Rafiki, the, what is he again? He's a mandrill. The mandrill. Held up, Simba. That's sexist. Mandrill, come on, let's have some equal time here. 
Well, you mentioned lion kinging as a verb. Uh, Brian J. writes in, uh, I was disappointed when the visiting priest did not lion king either of the babies immediately after baptizing them during Mass this Sunday, but hope was not lost at the final blessing. He lion kinged both Sebastian and Luca. Fear not, not at the same time. But the main reason Brian writes is not to refer to Lion King. He says, uh, Rebecca, you are clearly anti-departing gift for children's parties. We're talking about goodie bags and hating to give goodie bags. Brian says, where do you stand on wedding favors? Are they merely unnecessary? For the record, we gave monogrammed playing cards that are still being used. And here are his monogrammed playing cards from his wedding on June 1st, 1996. And those are pretty cool. The back of the playing cards have the monogram and the front of the playing cards are playing cards. So they're useful. Our daughter, whose birthday is today, she turns eight today. She had her birthday party this past weekend at the movie theater. All the kids had a great time. Pizza, cake, movie. With the movie, they got the box, with it, which had the popcorn. They got to choose which drink they wanted, which candy they wanted. And at the end of the party, when the kids came, came over and said, thank you, I gave them a high five. And only, I didn't, I didn't do the gift bags. And only one, one kid said to Rose, said to our youngest on, on her birthday, she said, is there a gift bag? And she just looked at me and she shrugged her shoulders. And I said, thanks for coming and gave him a high five. So and that was that. Under this logic, all parties shouldn't have gift, gift bags. So if you go to the Met Gala, a Oscars party, and they have the, or a bowl game, and they have these big gift bags, it'd be like, no, it's good enough for you just to be here. That's that's a gifting room in a hotel suite where like, you, can, you, you can choose your luxury watch. You plant your luxury the seeds watch. early that like you know you come. Yes, your presence is good enough being there, but it's a nice little token of your appreciation. Are you comparing my eight-year-old's birthday party at the Hoyts Cinemas to the Oscars and a bowl game and um, well, and the Met? I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know. <laughs> let's let's let let's let Lauren, listener Lauren, weigh in on goodie bags. Lauren writes, "I understand the guilt Steve feels about uh, you know, but I also understand the." The irritation that Rebecca feels. I feel guilty not giving the gift bag, so I got candy bars that I, that I forgot to give out. Rebecca doesn't doesn't stand for it. Lauren understands both both sides. I have altered how I do goodie bags, Lauren writes. I don't do goodie bags, but being the party conformist that I am, I have to come up with creative gifts for the guests. One year, we did a water park birthday for my oldest, and I made shirts. The reason was that goodie bags are crap, and I made the shirts neon yellow so parents could easily locate their kid in the Great park. They get to wear them home. Love it. Great idea. The party for my twins, we did a gym birthday, G-Y-M, and the goodie bag was those slush puppy freezies for when they were done with our with our one-hour workout. I will always find creative ways. One birthday, we did make our own frame, and I took pictures of the kids to put in the frame they made. Sleepover party, I did take home, I did take home cool cups from the dollar store, so they had a cup to drink from while they were at the party and a cup to take home. And a cup to throw away and add to the landfill. The no. I, these are all good. These are all, <laughs> Lauren, no, these are all great ideas. I, I'll say this: the the that's best gonna be Team Steve, I the, think. the best gift that any of our kids ever came home from a birthday party with was this, and and we we actually stole that idea then later for one of their birthdays was uh, an eight eighth birthday. Our daughter it was at a movie theater actually, and the the girl who turned eight had made a a mix CD of all her favorite songs. And then each kid came home with that birthday birthday CD. We still listen to it on occasion in the car. And then our daughter did that for one of her birthday parties. She had some friends. I think it was a sleepover party when she was a little older. And she made uh, a CD. That's thoughtful. It takes some time. It's not something that you're immediately going to throw away or put in recycling when you get home. I like that as a gift. The the bags with the candy and the, and the 
the dollar store stuff. I, I have no time. Nobody's for it. nobody's asking whether that stuff is worthwhile. It's 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 not. They're asking, do you have to give it anyway? Do you have to conform to societal norms? Well, I didn't, and I have zero guilt about it. And I gave the kids a high five, and hopefully our daughter won't remember for the rest of her life the one kid who said. Is there a gift bag? That kid's smart. I applaud that kid. That's a heady play. That kid will be her boss someday. Lauren has a great story about shopping carts. We talked about, we got. We went to Target. We bought a DVD for our son for his birthday, Solo. I, when I returned the shopping cart to the corral, I left the DVD in the shopping cart. Mm-hmm. Lauren writes also in the same email. I've Lauren, done, by the way, is our resident educator. Our resident educator. Lauren writes, I've done something similar. A week after having my twins, we all went to Target, me, the twins, my mom, to get some diapers and diaper cream. We made it through the store with no issues, and I checked out and loaded up the car. We get home, and I realize that I forgot the diaper cream. I go back to Target a week later for more stuff because twins, and I grab a cart from the corral to bring in, and lo and behold, there in that cart a week later is the diaper cream. Depending on the time of year, did she take it like i took was it rained I on took was it, it to the service desk and said i wanted to buy this a week ago and i wasn't trying to steal it it was a good laugh and a total mom brain fart well there you go what'd she do with the cream did she did she like take she, it home perhaps i mean where i mean you're putting it on the the bottom so that's that's the question what were the elements it wasn't like? denny it wasn't loose cream it no, was no, in the no, tube no, 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 but, but, but what but are like the elements like it was that outside week? for it, a week if it, i mean and if it's really hot or if it rained yeah. that could be gross but... i think the title for this can be loose cream and support squirrels why don't you just let the, the, we let the man every week I, come up with I, these brilliant because, titles because for the podcast i know when i give him a suggestion he won't use it so i'm it'll make me interested well, of to see what he, he won't does use it because he he's he's great titles there's a literary there's sometimes um, I love alliteration by the way as you should sometimes you, you you do ones that have you know some meaning that the listeners may or may not understand Steve and I may or may not understand but it entertains you and if we can get really inside baseball real quick sometimes I have to I have to change the title because it's too long if you look up in the little URL if you listen on SoundCloud you may or may not see a different original name and we know that you therefore can use words like thieves. I was going to say he will never live down his 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 I mean, uh, podcast title Waterloo, which was thoughtful thieves. We thought he was going to change fit. it to thoughtful it thieves fit. later. I stand by it, it you, and you should. Just like I stand by not giving if we out ever, gift if bags. If we ever do the three of us a hip hop CD, and why wouldn't we? I, I hope thoughtful thieves will be our our name. We don't need to do a CD. We can just be a SoundCloud sure. rapper. You talk about supermarket or, or the the carriages and um here's one from twitter and again that's at ball and chain pod at twitter and michael said our supermarket our supermarket has a device that requires a quarter to free a cart for use when your shopping is done you return the cart and you get your quarter back lauren writes at the end of her email i shop at aldi where you need a quarter to get a cart so i will post um and actually michael took a video of this and i will um I will post that on our on our at Ball and Chain Pod on our Twitter account. We were talking before we were on air. Before we we were talking about some real hard hitting stuff, and we talked about shopping cart escalators at some sort of big city targets. And yeah. there's one in Manhattan I know that I've been in mm-hmm. where you put your shopping cart on an escalator and then you sort of ride alongside it. Yeah, it's wonderful. The first time I ever saw one, I was in middle school, and my brother was living in Atlanta at the time, and it was just, I mean. You, is this a theme park? Is this a big box store? I don't know. But I mean, if if you were if you were reincarnated as a shopping cart, you'd want to be at one of those super targets with where you get to ride the escalator Dude. and not not sort of have one wonky wheel and you're you're put out to pasture in in 
my case, the uh, the tennis bubble where I sometimes play tennis has shopping carts from um, Caldor full of full of uh, you know old tennis balls that people use to to hit with, and you know that would be a, a kind of a lonely afterlife. But if you're riding escalators at Target, you you have probably have a lot longer years as a shopping cart do some high school kids or college kids do they ride where the escalators go i can't even visualize this because i haven't seen it before but is it something where a person could go where the shopping cart goes and I mean, ride the escalator in the same way people fantasize about riding around on the on the baggage pickup at the airport i'm sure people fantasize about it if they're brave enough to do it i've never seen that but i'm sure I'm sure the internet. Well, we're going to need, uh, I'll have to look that up because you, Steve gets annoyed when I say, I need somebody, um, one of our listeners to like take a picture of that or, to or do send it? a video of, of the cart, I mean, oh. on the escalator. And Steve would say, well, why are you going to ask them to do it? And just should Google it. So I'll, I'll Google that. Is it bad parenting? Okay. If. No. <laughs> <laughs> if your kid is in the cart, right? And you put the cart on the car escalator to go down or or up how secure is the uh the car escalator no the answer is yes it's bad parenting but then i would also need to know how secure the the escalator is and the cart is in the escalator karen in connecticut hits on a lot of themes in this uh email to ball and chain pot at gmail uh my husband and i love the podcast we listen to it together uh so many similarities aisle sealers lysoling hotel rooms phone chargers catholic schools parking near the cart return we will stick with Team Restiva as if we could choose either. However, she's on Team Rebecca because we're both UConn alumni, met at UConn. And when our daughters were younger, we took them to the Smithsonian in D.C. The coolest thing for them was seeing Rebecca's Olympic jersey on display. They wanted their picture taken in front of it, and she sends a picture of her daughters in front of your display at the well, Smithsonian. One of the neatest things you and I ever got to do was we went to the Smithsonian, and you were doing a column on some of the sports memorabilia or, or sports items that we they got have to there. See they their, took us into the back Indiana room. Jones vault where they have yeah, all where kinds they have of, all the stuff because of course they have a certain amount of things on display a, but a then a tiny fraction of stuff that they have is on display at any given but time but they have this massive inventory and we got to go into kind of the bowels of the Smithsonian and look at all these things and um, that was an amazing afternoon incredible stuff now Karen writes that uh, uh, Steve sounds like a good dad, except for that cooking thing. When my husband and I were dating, I looked in his refrigerator, and all he had was a can of frosting, and that was his breakfast. A can of frosting. Oh, and that was his breakfast. Disgusting. Denny, does this ring a bell with you? What's no, a can I'm of a great cook. Hold I'm on. A great what cook. is what what is in your fridge? Right. I mean, I got I got like fish for a week. I probably have chicken for a week. I got orange juice. I got eggs. Like it's 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 stocked, man. You have some some things from Though the of produce, course, produce aisle. You've got some yeah, greens yeah, and yeah, vegetables some, and fruits. The fixins. Now, of you, course, you can cook. Yeah, really. Now, did you learn how to cook when you were a boy, or did you? Is that something you learned when you were in college? Well, or when did you? A learn? lot when I was at Marquette because you live off campus for two years and, and, and I had the kitchen and all that stuff, and I wasn't on on a meal plan, so it was kind of uh, feast or famine. And uh, I mean, I wasn't exactly feasting, but. Uh, but yeah, no, I've, I've But you can yeah. like when you inevitably or not inevitably at some point if you have a wife and children and your wife is traveling for work, you could make the children something besides white castles. Is yeah. that what you're telling me? I mean, but then it's not gonna lead to a lucrative book, but <laughs> in those nights in White Castle. And why why would you want to not Wait, make but them? I'm I'm not quite done yet with this with this line of questioning because I, I it's been a year. We've talked about a lot of different things on the podcast. Denny, I'm gonna trust your twenty four year old memory over our memories. 
Has Steve told the story on the podcast about um, dropping the chimichangas in the puddle oh, yes. at Marquette and then reheating well, I'm them sure if, on if, the if, heater if, in the dorm room before eating them? So um, anyway, you were, while you were at Marquette, you were learning how to cook. When Steve was at Marquette, he was weighing whether or not to pick up Teach chimichangas out of a puddle, <laughs> reheat them on his dorm room heater, and then eat them. Teach a man to cook. He eats for a lifetime Teach a man to order chimichangas from Amigos on Wall Street, no longer in existence, and he he doesn't even eat for that night. So yeah. I think Denny made the, <laughs> Denny Jill, made the wise choice. Jill writes to a ball and chain pot of Gmail. Dear Restiva, uh, I feel like you did Acorns a bit of a disservice last week by failing to mention the history of their usage by Native Americans. They made all manner of foodstuffs from them. In fact, if you Google acorn soup, you'll see it's still very much a thing. As for birthday party gift bags, or goodie bags as we used to call them, they've been a thing for way longer than the 15 years that Rebecca claimed. I'm almost 40, and we definitely did them when I was a kid and still do them for my kids' parties. According to this article, see the fifth paragraph of this link she links to, they might actually date back to the 1800s birthday party goodie bags. I never got a goodie bag when I was a kid and went to a birthday party, and that was fine. Imagine, I mean, stuff from the dollar store in the 1800s was awesome because the dollar <laughs> went much farther. You could get a car. Oh. All right, from Dave on Twitter, he said, he heard our discussion regarding deplaning. Made me think of a sign in the Milwaukee airport right after TSA. Recombobulation area, where you can put your belt and shoes back on, wallet in pocket, etc. He said he wished he'd taken a picture of the sign. It's the recombobulation area. Yes, if you're decombobulated, this is a place you can recombobulate. Discombobulated. It's not decombobulated. It's discombobulated. I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, he. I. If somebody flies through the Milwaukee airport, please take a picture it, and tag us well, well, of the recombobulation area. Danny and I have area. both have both flown through there many times and seen the recombobulation right. area. It's neither discombobulation nor recombobulation. The root obviously is combobulate. Right? I need a recombobulation area in our house, and all it would need to be is a small closet-sized room that had a lock on the door and it was soundproof where when you and and or the kids are just making me absolutely crazy i'll say i'm going to the rr the recombobulation room i just go in there have silence for i don't know 30 seconds that to was, a minute and then i could come back out a, a good human rebecca being russian's recombobulation room i think this is either a children's show or, or a chain theme of chain of theme restaurants, but I like it. You know, combobulate to compose yourself. So if you go through security and you've got all of your belts off and your shoes are off and all your wallet and all keys of your are in belts. the basket, how many belts you can, are you wearing? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. I like to wear four or five belts. Just <laughs> this championship just, yeah, belt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I carry one over my shoulder. I, I'm going to do that next time I go through TSA. I'm going to take off my belt, then I'm going to take off another belt, and I'm just going to keep taking off belts like a like a magician's handkerchief. I'm just going to take continue to remove belts. I think that's a great idea. Kate writes that uh, her pigs on her farm love acorns and find them extremely palatable. And we're welcome to bring our, our bag of 600 acorns to her to feed to her pigs. Uh, she's firmly on Team Rebecca on the gift bag subject. Uh, in fact, she's disappointed to me that I would bend to modern practices. She's a firm believer that one's gifts for attending a party are a couple of free games of laser tag, a few hours of fun with several of your friends, and delicious birthday cake. Please say no to gift bags. See, I, I just think it's teaching a, a bad message to kids that you have to leave with stuff, that you can't just enjoy the experience of the birthday party. Can we get back to the the pig and people having pet pigs for 
a second. Yes. Um, in the news this week, obviously the breakup of Ariana Grande, Pete Davidson. For their three months that they dated, they got or were engaged or, or whatever, they got a, a pet pig together. And the big question was who would have custody right. of the pet pig. I know this and, because and our... apparently pigs have uh, breakups that they take really hard, just like people. So these animal psychologists tell. My question to you guys is, if you're like younger and when you were living in New York, and pigs, they're like these small little fuzzy things. Is that a good idea to have as a couple? Well, not Steve in... doesn't think it's a good idea for our family to have any pet. He doesn't think it's a good idea for us to still have our dog. So my guess is he would not have wanted any kind of a pig or perhaps an emotional support squirrel. Well, I was just going to say, if a pig takes a breakup hard, the, the pig needs an emotional support animal. I mean, is this where we are? Is this what Jenny's suggesting, that the pig Jenny? takes takes the breakup? Jenny, did I call you Jenny? Jenny with one N? Jenny from I'm the I'm not going to give yes. you Jenny from the basement. Yes, the yes. Wall. Well, he's now Jenny, clearly. For <laughs> Well, this is, this is what struck me about Denny talking about that, is that when you're 24, you can be up to date on the breakup of Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson no, I, I, and, their, and, their, and their pig and and their matching tattoos and all that. I all drive that sort of I thing. drive two 13-year-old girls to high school every day, so believe me, I am as up as anybody on the breakup of Pete Davidson and, and Ariana Grande. What happens to our matching tattoos if we ever split? We have matching tattoos, and when you say matching tattoos, we're talking about the matching characters from Fantasy Island who wore a white tuxedo and said, the plane, the plane, yeah, tattoo. So we each have one of those. We, we both have tattoos of, of indoor soccer legend tattoo. <laughs> Denny's the only one who gets this reference. Denny, I, I may have asked you this before. Do you have any tattoos? I do not. Do you plan, like, would you get a tattoo? See, the thing about tattoos for me is I don't feel like I like anything enough to want it to be permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, like my music taste varies day to day. So like to the, the, and maybe this is a bigger commitment issue, but the idea of committing to ink on your body, not for me. And what I know from, what I know from talking to the kids in the backseat is, is uh, Pete Davidson has already covered up his Ariana Grande tattoo with another tattoo. So, but like, it's, it wouldn't be a commitment thing. Say, you know, you, you get married, you have kids. Okay. If would you consider like would you ever have you know I've I always want kind of wanted a tattoo so I'll put my kids initials because obviously you know and that's a connection thing. you're gonna have. or do you, have you not really ever even been interested in in having the a amount tattoo? of work that requires maintaining a tattoo is not something I'm in like like Does if work I, involved if I'm a cert, like say I get something on my arm and it looks good and I've got a certain muscle definition do I want to keep that up for the rest of my life I don't think so oh I see what you're saying so that's way too many hours in the gym and, just, and just to where, maintain where, just, the integrity of <laughs> Of the definition of the just, tattoo. Just so we know, where are you in that? Is this is this the the uh, the uh, uh, ripped up muscle that we're we're talking about right now? This this particular. What version thing? of Denny yeah. with one N are we looking at? Right is this pre tattoo or is this this the kind of definition you don't want to have to maintain? I'm just asking <laughs> asking for a friend. Well, hold on one, one well, second, because I have a friend. I wish we had who, video of Denny right now. He's he's blushing. Yes. I have a friend who lives in New York City, yeah. and I follow him on Instagram, and I saw that. He has now gotten his entire back tattooed into, on, and like inside the buttock. I haven't seen the picture of the buttock tattoo, but he, tattoo, but it all, from the neck all the way down. Now that, I, I mean, I don't know how you maintain that into old age or how you even check and see how it looks. You kind of have to rely on other people to say, you know. That's a whole different podcast. That, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> and did you say, did you say, did you think about this before, he, before you had it done, Grandpa? <laughs> no. 
Um, Matt, Matt, uh, our friend Matt in West Hartford writes, I was just listening to the new episode where Rebecca talked about not having to wear a uniform or a logo for work. I talked about having to wear a Tom Thumb smock, smock. with an with a yeah. elf on it. Uh, wait a minute, Matt writes, and he attaches a picture of you in a New York Liberty game, uh, streaking, not literally streaking down court, you're wearing a uniform with a logo on it, the Liberty logo. So I suppose it was absurd for me to say I don't have to wear a uniform to work. I mean, now I don't have to wear a uniform to work, and I never did have to wear a smock. Did any teams in the WNBA ever wear smocks? We talked about the Australian national team in the Olympics wore well, what, singlets. No, but there was a, a year, including the year that I played with the Connecticut Sun in 2003, where they made uniforms for the WNBA where the shirt was meant to be untucked. And Old Dominion it was had an, collars on their it was shirts an untuck back in the day. It was an untuck, an untuck oh, it before, an untuck it. And, um, but you didn't tuck it in. And, and when I was at the All-Star Game this year, Diana Taurasi was also playing during that era where they had those shirts. And she, she said, oh, when we had to wear the bibs. And that's, that's kind of what it looked like, this, this oversized bib that you didn't tuck in. Uh, Sharon writes nice things about the podcast and, and at the same time expresses her disappointment uh, missing the Holly Rowe Minute. Had been enthusiastically anticipating a weekly feature. Hopefully we'll hear from Holly soon. We would be remiss if we did well, a one-year anniversary think, show without many, talking about Holly. How many Holly Rowe Minutes do we have left in the archive? I think, I think we have one more. And since we have one more, I think it's only fitting that we play it. And now, a report on the news of Holly Rowe. And Holly Rowe, let's go down and check with you. So I coached every team my son was on growing up. Soccer from, you know, four years old on and junior jazz and I'm I'm an obsessively competitive person like I've actually been asked to leave you know parties like bachelorette parties or baby showers because I'm trying to win all the gifts and I'm too competitive so I know this about myself and it's a weakness but I'm coaching this game and this kid on the other team my son is about 10 to 12 years old he's before junior high school and this kid elbows him and is this really aggressive kid and I'm getting mad as the mom and the coach and so couple minutes later that kid runs down and he shoots the ball and it misses the basket completely and at the top of my lungs as the coach of the team I yell air ball and then I look around and realize what I've done as an adult heckling a 10 year old and I never spoke to a child again I think we have a new title for her memoirs I have been asked to leave baby showers And and I'm glad we got an email from George in Columbus this week. George, you will all know as my monocle dealer. George uh, thanks us for, uh, thanks, well, thanks me, really, for my impressive musical skills with the listeners. Last week I played a little jazz organ for the listeners. Uh, Congratulations on a successful and entertaining first year. George, thank you for my monocle. It's uh, it's been uh, the talk of the town. When I was editing this and putting your masterpiece into the... uh into the podcast i was just picturing the last nine months of you going full character actor like bradley cooper preparing for a star is born with vocal lessons five days a week just really sweating it out all for that 30 seconds of fame I, so i'm, I'm dun, 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 if there's if there's dun, dun, if there's a, a major league baseball team who will have me play uh, the mexican hand clapping song at a at a baseball game in 2019 i, I would have to accept that. i mean with your book coming out the twins this seems like a great well, opportunity you know, I, to get whatever we call our listeners to start a campaign it would be terrifying um dr gary siegel hey. it wouldn't be a, a it wouldn't a be an anniversary, anniversary show and dr. and gary really siegel. really apropos our of, resident of uh of nothing he, he name drops OBGYN. he name drops rafiki in here 
And uh, since his daughter is married to an Englishman, he in his email, he uh, he spelled humor with A-U, which he calls attention to. And, of course, having read Eats, Shoots, and Leaves, Dr. Siegel knows the importance of proper spelling and punctuation. Dr. Siegel, thanks. Here's one from Twitter. It's a picture of a guy in... Uh in California from somebody who lives in Louisville. He says, this is my last one sent previous fanny packs are everywhere in California. He sent a picture of a guy wearing a fanny pack, but he wears it around his neck like Megan Rapinoe does. The WNBA recently did a photo shoot. I think it was for Vogue magazine. And a couple of the pictures showed some of the WNBA players wearing fanny packs, Versace or whatever um, name brand fanny packs. So Denny, the side hustle for the merchandise, one of the things definitely has to get be, a fanny pack. without question, a fanny pack. I forget what late night show I, I was watching, but some celebrity was on there promoting a movie, and the way that they were sporting the fanny pack, they had two fanny packs, and they had it look like they were overalls. It was quite the look. Interesting. So we've seen the bandolier. I saw the uh, bandolier fanny pack. and now AKA the paper boy. The <laughs> And now we have the uh, suspender fanny pack. Good stuff. Dave writes, Dave, presumably in Minnesota, writes, as this is the week of the passing of coaching legend John Gillardi, uh, two thumbs up for the sweet season, the book that my colleague Austin Murphy wrote about John Gillardi, the St. John's uh, coach, prompted me to ask two Minnesota-related questions. Have any Russian children entered a turtle race in the Niswa turtle races? They've gone and watched the turtle races. Their cousins, I think, at some point have entered, but our children have never entered a turtle but, in the but turtle race. They've certainly wagered on them. And two, Steve, did you ever consider attending St. John's or St. Thomas prior to your eventual choice of Marquette? Dave, excellent question. I did consider attending. Not only did I consider attending, I only had two other applications in hand, one for the University of Minnesota, the other for St. Thomas. So had I not gone to Marquette, I I probably would have gone to St. Thomas. Did I ever tell you that my dad went to what is now Mankato State for a year? He uh, It was called Albertly College, I think. And obviously he only lasted a year because once they figured out that he could set up a keg in the snowbanks, it, it was over for him and they made him come back to it, New Jersey. But It was a long line of side hustles from, from the Gallagher family. Yeah. I did No, you never did tell me that. Mankato, of course, also until this past year, the longtime... Uh, training camp site of the Minnesota Vikings. I like that Denny's father and my father, who is named Dennis, have something in common. That my father went to UConn, and after his first year at UConn, he too was asked not to return <laughs> because I think he was having a little bit too much fun. It was you like want- the beginning of the Odd Couple television show. He too was asked to never return <laughs> by his wife. For, for all the people that have heard us talk about the triple barrel margarita maker, which we've talked about a lot today, I feel like my dad had something that you really can't put in the words. He had one of those big old vans, but with, with a tap on the side. So he would like tap the keg from inside the van and outside you could pour whatever was on tap that particular day. Was this when he was in college or is this when he was driving you to your youth soccer game? No, 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 no. He, this was way back before I was even an idea. Oh, I this li- this I is like when he this. was trying to teach Denny how to retrofit a, a triple barrel margarita maker <laughs> to the back of his El Camino. I think that's it for viewer mail. Uh, we can work in one plug. Denny and I will be appearing together Thursday night, so the day after this podcast appears, uh, at 10 on the park. 
Yep. Time Warner Center in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. It's for Marquette alumni. I don't know if you have to be a Marquette alumnus to go. Probably not. Probably not. We'll we'll get you in if you if you don't. Yeah. Is this uh, your first um, outing as a couple? Is this your first appearance together? Yeah, I hope Denny has some notes on on what to talk about because we've we've uh, knowing how bad he is at small talk on speed dating. How are he and I going to fill thirty minutes at this event? But we will. And before our house band plays us out, we should thank Tom, Dick, and Harry for all their service this year to the podcast. Thank you to Tom, Dick, and Harry for Tom for writing the theme song for the band for recording the theme song. Um, but in year two, my my one goal is to get Stingray. Um, their song re- their song recorded so that we can play it sometime soon on a podcast we'll thank Denny now Jenny Gallagher as he either way with one end and I won't change my number for those of you playing along at home Jenny I've got your number <laughs> look at that drops a 1980s reference this is why we love him he's he's 24 going on on 50 <laughs> thanks to us he's becoming the curmudgeon in the basement Denny has to get going he has to drive to the nearest friendlies and then find a Lowe's parking lot where he can pass out. So I think we should get on with it and have Tom, Dick, and Harry play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous While we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane